0: Hey, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, it's, it feels like family. That's my take is whenever um, I'm up here, it really feels like I've walked in and it really is family because we are one big family right across all the campuses. And every time I come up here, I'm reminded I better introduce myself because some of you are like, okay, we've probably heard that spiel like six or seven times, but some of you, you're like, Who is that funny-looking white guy, and where has he come from, and what is he doing? Well, first of all, somebody asked me, yes, I am, like many of you, a Faithful Blue supporter who keeps getting disappointed every year. I I am from Auckland. I was born in Auckland. Um, My claim to fame, if you don't know this, I married Pastor Tark and Adrian's only daughter, only child, um, Jody. so... um, I am the Married to Church Unlimited. I don't know what would happen first. No, well, put it this way, I can't leave church without getting divorced, and I don't want to get divorced, so I'm not going to leave church. You understand what I mean. Um, I've been on staff uh, at the West Campus for 15 years now, 15 and a half years, and I'm locked in, I'm stuck. Um, but I love it, I love what I'm doing. Uh, so Jody is in Auckland right now. She was song leading this morning. She's probably just finished off the, the service there. Um, and Emma, our five-year-old daughter, is down there. Zach is here this morning out at launch. He's very excited because he's now old enough to go to launch. So today he's over there. And you guys have their most amazing kids program. So I really want to say thank you to all you guys who make the kids happen, because he loves coming up. He endures two hours of traveling, and he looks forward to going out to the kids' program. So it is great. You guys have a tremendous kids' program. But it's also great to have Ben here. He's on the front row. Ben is uh, one of our full-time staff guys who does a whole lot of the media stuff. So he's come up this morning. You don't want to say hello, do you? No. Okay, that's all right. But um, Ben and I... Ben and myself and a few others, we've uh, had a big day, well, big 24 hours of traveling because yesterday we were down in Christchurch, we flew up. Um, yesterday afternoon and now we're in Whangarei. So we've been Christchurch, Auckland, Whangarei in the last 24 hours and we were in Christchurch because New Zealand Beyond Christchurch was on over the weekend. So I just want to say thank you for your prayers. It's been a big journey to have um, New Zealand Beyond Christchurch even happen after all the events of the terror attacks and them saying we can't go down there and now we're down there and we did conference and uh, we finished Friday, no, yeah, Friday night. That's right, Friday night, with a citywide prayer meeting, and just calling um, the churches of Christchurch to come together and pray, because we know that there's two things um, that are so important to God, and that's unity, unity and prayer. And seeing the churches come together it was such an amazing time just the praying and seeing God work and and move down in Christchurch and so I want to say thank you for your prayers it really was a great time and God did some great things down in Christchurch just the same as he did it at the Auckland conference now now hands up just so I understand who here is intermediate age this morning so you're of the impact age I'd like to be, but I'm way too old now. Okay, There's a number of you, so I'm going to do two things. I'm going to keep it short, and I'm going to try and be funny. I'm probably only going to be able to do one of those, which is keep it short. I'm not sure if I can be funny, but I'll try. Um, I really do just want to say, you know, from somebody who comes here whenever I'm allowed to come, which is probably about once every six months, you guys really have grown. And when you're in it, you probably don't always know, but it, it, you guys have really grown, and that means God's doing something in this place. And during worship, I could just so sense the presence of God. And I, I want to say this morning, God is here. Uh, we're not doing a religious service. We're here to meet with God. Isn't that right? And, and you've got to have that expectation. I, I'm not here to share my thoughts. I'm here to help you connect with what God wants to say to you this morning. And oh, I love the worship. Having the choir and Isaac, just the the anointing upon it was was so, oh, it's just anointed. So I really pray this morning that God moves. So why don't we pray right now? Is that all right? Father, we just want to say thank you that you are in this place. And that as, as one family, God, under you, we know you want to speak. You want to bring change. You want to bring transformation. And we just put aside all our worries, all the things that are happening today, Lord, all our concerns, and we just want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. We want to be changed by you. So speak into our hearts. God, I pray you'll speak personally, Lord, to every one of us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, well, God is going to do something. He really is. Just so you know, if you hadn't heard, what was really cool about um, New Zealand Beyond Christchurch this year is there were 70 people who flew down from across the campuses down to just really support um, New Zealand Beyond Christchurch. And it was, it was so good to have them all there. What I, what I love about being down in Christchurch and seeing prayer and seeing people come together is just really getting the sense that Church Unlimited, and you are Church Unlimited, we're all Church Unlimited, has such a burden for revival, like we talked about, but a burden to see God come. And the only way that that is ever going to happen is through prayer. And right from the start of Church Unlimited, which wasn't called Church Unlimited then—I don't know what what it was called, Church of the Way or in the Way or something like that—you know, many, many, many years ago, um, it was Church of the Way. I think Um, prayer has been a foundation of who Church Unlimited is, and it's always been there. And since the day Pastor Tark turned up at Church Unlimited out in West Auckland, when there was about 100 people there or so, prayer and fasting has been a foundation. It's been a constant. And I've been at the church 24 years now, and and there's not been a Thursday when we haven't had prayer and fasting. And that's not saying everyone's praying and fasting. That's saying, hey, we know it's that important that we put aside Thursday, because across all the campuses, they have a Thursday night prayer meeting. Most times. This week, of course, you don't. But And the ability to fast. And I would put down most of what's happened, not to great leadership, not to the commitment of the people, but the fact that as a church, we've prayed and we've fasted, and God's turned up, and people keep getting attracted to it. And so this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that prayer and fasting makes a difference. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know that. But I think this is the issue. I think every one of us will go, yeah, yeah, I know it. Okay, so let me ask a question. How much, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or anything, because I'm talking to myself right here. If you knew that you knew, that you know, that you know, that you know, that prayer is the answer, then let me ask this question. How much have you prayed personally this week? Because if we know that we know that we know that prayer is what's going to bring change in our families, and our personal lives, and our workplaces, that prayer is what's going to see God move, then we'd be praying a lot, wouldn't we? And yet surveys have come out from, there was a combined survey from the United Kingdom and the United States, not asking average Christians, asking full-time workers and ministers across the U.S., in the United Kingdom, how much they prayed on average each day outside of a corporate prayer meeting? And the answer was, on average, five minutes a day. And you're like, but are we much better? And and why I'm saying this is because we know, but we don't know. Because if we really knew that prayer was the answer, if prayer was what was going to change our community, if prayer was what was going to turn things around, then we'd really pray. And I think it's time that we got the revelation that actually it is the answer. If we want to see change, then the truth is God wants to see change more than we do. But my personal revelation is that unless we ask, we don't get. You know, if if Zach wanted a biscuit or some food, unless he comes to me and says, Hey, Dad, I'm hungry. Unless he hasn't eaten all day, I'm not going to think, well, I better feed him because I'm a dad and that's kind of how we think. Mum's a different story. But dads, you know, you know, it's just not going to come natural to us. But as soon as he comes and says, Dad, can I have that and I have it, I'm going to give it to him. Unless it's more screen time, then I'd probably say no because it's not good for him. But do you know what I'm saying? As soon as you come and ask, it's like here it is. And who knows God's got it all, right? God's. You, you don't sound like you're convinced about it. God's got it all, right? Okay, so if God's got it all, but you don't ask, then you're kind of missing out. And prayer is simply asking. And see, God's got the ability to turn Fongaray around. God's got the ability to bring restoration in your family. But if you don't ask, then he's sitting there going, I want to do it. But you're not asking. And so this morning, what I, what I want to impart more than anything, and this is the title that I've got, because it sometimes helps to really land on, okay, what is he really saying? The title of this message is, It All Counts, because I think this is the fact that we as churches need to understand, when we pray, it actually makes a difference. When you spend 30 seconds, not 30 minutes, when you spend 30 seconds in prayer, that actually makes a difference. Now, I'm not saying to spend 30 seconds each day in prayer. I'd encourage you to spend more than that. But the fact that you pray makes a difference, and it all counts. Every piece of prayer, every piece of sacrifice counts. I love that this week, you got three days of prayer and fasting. Now, I want to say... This is the thought here. Every sacrifice, every piece of fasting counts. It's not like, well, I can't do three days. I've got, for whatever reason, it's not going to make a difference, so I'm going to do nothing. Okay, why don't you fast? Here's going to be a tough one. Young people, why don't you fast social media for a day? You're like, I can't do that. I'd rather go without food. I can understand that. But what here's worse, some of you young guys, why don't you go without Fortnite for three days? And you're like, I can't do that. Imagine what God will do if you go without Fortnite for three days and then you pray a little bit. It would make a difference, wouldn't it? But this is the problem. We don't want to lay things aside, and we've got to. We've got to start saying, no, I can leave that aside. Now, most of us will be thinking, I don't do Fortnite and I don't do social media. But what is it that you do? Now, for me, I know there's real real power in fasting food. And we're going to look at that in a moment. But it doesn't just have to be food. There can be other things you can do because it's about sacrifice. It's about saying no to yourself. To say yes to your spirit man or woman, however you, you want to look at it. But you actually got to do it. And I really want to say this morning... It doesn't matter how young you are, or how old you are, or how new a Christian you are, we can all do something. And now even if you can't come along on Friday night, just join in. It's about unity. It's about together. It's about this week. Let's put aside some time, because every little bit you do makes a difference. It does count. It really brings change. And you're like, Sam, you you seem like you really believe in this. Well, let me tell you, I really do. Now, I'm jumping away from my notes, and I I'm, I'm hope I'm going to be able to find my place again. But where I want to go, and especially since we've got intermediates in this room, when I lived in Blenheim, which is in the top of the South Island, um, we went to a really small church, but the church believed in prayer and believed in fasting. And one time, I, I was 11 or 12, I'm, I'm Closer to 12, but I could have still been 11. The church was doing three days of prayer and fasting. Now, of course, I'd done a few 40-hour famines. I'm I'm like, can't be that hard, can it? And so mum and dad, they were pretty wise, and they really believed in fasting as well. So I actually did it. Let's say I was 12 years old. I actually did three days of prayer and fasting at 12. I can't tell you how much prayer I did, but I actually did three days of prayer and fasting. Why I can remember that, because I've got a terrible memory, is because at the end of the three days, mum and dad took me to KFC. Let me tell you, eating any KFC at any time is not good. But eating KFC at the end of three days of prayer and fasting is terrible. It's really bad, and it did me no good. And I can remember what happened to me after that, and I'm not going to go into the details, but it's not good. But why I'm saying that is because we can all do this. We literally can do something. And I've believed in it since that day. And I've I've prayed and fasted through school. Even when I was a PE teacher, I still fasted every Thursday, running around on the field with all the kids. Why? Because it works. And when you do it, it brings change. And see, I want to tell you some real recent testimonies of myself of what happened. Now, um, just before conference, we did 21 days of prayer and fasting at church. On the first day, which was a Thursday, Friday. The first day of the prayer and fasting was a Friday. I went to work like I always do. Um, It was going normal. It was the start of prayer and fasting, so I started fasting. Um, And I got to about lunchtime. I wasn't feeling amazing but you know you're going without food and I was going without coffee and so you know your head was starting to hurt a little bit, you know, like you've done before and I was like, okay, this isn't so good. But anyway, I'll keep pushing through. It's all right. You can do this. I've done it so many times. It was it was normal. Um so I got to about I must have been about four o'clock and I I rang Jody and I said, Oh, can you come and pick me up early? Um I'm not feeling so good. So Jody came a little bit early, went home got home, um, went upstairs and lay on the bed for about 30 seconds and then I ran to the bathroom and threw up. I'm like, oh, this is a bit unusual. What's going on? Um, Went and laid back on the bed and I could feel my heart and it was racing. And now I'm, I'm not that fit right now, but I used to be, so I understood and being a PE teacher, my resting heart rate and things like that, it was, yeah, it was... Probably going about at least 120 beats a minute. It was going really fast. So Mum's a nurse, so I didn't ask Jodie at all because she'd have no idea. So I rung Mum and I said, Mum, I'm not too, feeling too well. Um, have you finished work? And by that stage, she was about she was leaving work, so she came over um, home, chat with chatted with me for a second. And um, long story short, Dad's got some heart issues and both my Natural granddads both died of heart attacks, so mum was calm, but you could tell she was pretty worried. So she took me straight to A and E. I've never been through A and E faster in my life. Like literally, uh, probably three minutes, and I was on a gurney bed thing somewhere out the back, and they put all the things on me. I'm like, oh, they're a little bit concerned. I wasn't too concerned. I was like, I'm, I'm you know. But anyway, my heart was about a hundred and. 46 beats per minute my uh, no it was even more than that I think but my blood pressure was through the roof and I'm like "I'm yeah I am getting close to 40 but uh, this is a bit unusual and like it, it was not good and they weren't happy at all the doctors were kind of concerned that this is pretty unusual um, and so they're doing all these tests checking you know they did the thing to check that I hadn't had a heart attack and I hadn't had a heart attack but nothing was changing my heart kept on increasing slowly the blood Blood pressure wasn't coming down. Um, then after they'd done all the tests, mum pulled the curtain closed. Um, just happened to one of the nurses was a um, a lady from church as well. Mum pulled the curtain closed and she literally prayed. Uh, by that stage, it was probably about seven o'clock at night, so it had been happening for a while. Mum prayed. Not, not the most powerful prayer, but just the prayer. Literally, within five minutes, blood pressure had come down. Heart rate had dropped back down to under 70 beats per minute. They went and did some more tests. They couldn't find anything wrong. I was out after, between the time she prayed and being home was less than 45 minutes. Doctors had no idea what was going on, but God did. Come on, let's give God praise. See, I don't know what was going on. I haven't had any issues since. But God knows, and God's the answer. Same, I think it was the same day or Monday. Zach, he'd broke his arm um, the year before, and he was playing at rugby or something on the field, and some big guy landed on his arm, and they're pretty sure he'd broken his arm. And we're like, man, we do not want this. This is coming up to conference time. He is a terrible patient. So that you know, so that had happened on the Friday. This was Monday. Um, took him to A&E. They pretty sure that he'd broken his arm, and we're like, no way, we are not having this at all. Uh, so they put him in plaster, but they weren't 100% sure it was broken. So we were praying, everything like that. Went back the next day, they re-x-rayed his arm, not broken. And we're like, come on, God, this is what it's about. We don't want to put up with that stuff. We don't want, to, we, we don't want any of that. Now, on top of that, you, you, if you go back, The thing with that 21 days of prayer and fasting is that we were only going to be doing 10 days of prayer and fasting, and then all of a sudden, God placed something in Pastor Tark's heart. Hey, let's do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Started on March, Friday, March the 15th. Right across all the campuses, one of the largest churches in the nation started praying and fasting on March the 15th. If you don't know, I'm pretty sure I've got this right off the top of my memory. March the 15th, that day, was the day that Christchurch happened. There's no coincidences with God. God knows what's going on. God didn't make that happen, but God knew that we needed to start praying and fasting. And that's when you start seeing God move. And that's when we've got to start pressing in and saying, God, we need you to move. And we need God to move, don't we? We really need him to move. Now, of course, there's whole heaps of verses around this that you've heard before, and I know Pastor Don has preached on it. But what I want to really impart unto you is, see, God notices every bit you do. And it's really clear in, in Matthew 6, verse 6, it says, Our Father who sees in secret rewards you openly. And this is my take that you've got to understand. I don't pray and fast to lose weight. There's a lot of better ways to do that. I don't fast because it's a good idea. I do it because God sees it. And we need God to move, don't we? And and not just corporately. We need God to move in our families. We need God to move in our schools. And when you get desperate enough and you start knowing that praise is the answer, you start wanting to do it. But I, I think what I want to really get across is... i um, will jumped down a bit into... And to slide five, Matthew six, and you've heard this before, it, it talks about, Matthew six says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And see, I think the revelation that I've got, and you're not gonna like this, but I want you to think about it, that when we give isn't just when the church tells us to, and when we pray isn't just on a Thursday at a pre-meeting. And so when you fast, shouldn't just be when Pastor Don or Pastor Tart says, come on church, let's do a day of fasting or let's do a period of fasting. It should be something that we do on a regular basis. Now I want to say fasting looks different for every person and I'm not telling you how to fast, go without a full meal, go without meals for an entire day. Do Daniel fast, fast media, fast TV. You can do all sorts of things. But what it is, it's about saying no to your physical man and letting your spirit man rise up. And when you start doing that, God starts going, oh, that person's getting hungry. That person wants to see something happen. And see, my take is fasting shouldn't be once every so often, maybe twice a year. Or man, when I get desperate and I need, need, need God to turn up because I've tried everything else. Now, fasting should be something that we do. I, you work out how often, but something on a regular basis. Now, I want to challenge you not to listen to what I'm saying, but listen to what God is saying. What is he saying to you and what does that look like? Honestly, I'm convinced that most people under 25, they're going to see more results through fasting social media or fasting um, screen time or fasting your Xbox or PlayStation. you're going to see God move more through doing that, because that's more of a sacrifice than going without food. You know, literally, if you took your phone and put it on the side for a couple of days other than needing to ring people for emergencies, man, the amount of time that you'd save. But the amount of time you could give to God would be massive, wouldn't it? I mean, for myself, I spend probably more time eating. But for a lot of us, we spend more time doing other things. And so you've got to start now. I'm not diminishing praying and fasting like food, like they've always done. That's really powerful. And um, Jody and I did a really strict Daniel fast for 21 days. And man, it's not easy. uh, But man, it works. And that's what I want to say. It counts and it makes a difference. And we need to get that revelation that God is moving and God is speaking. Now, a, a while ago, just before conference, we had all the campus pastors together and we we're all in, uh, in a room. And Pastor Tark asked us to share what we felt God had been saying to us. And a couple of weeks beforehand, I'd been praying for conference and God gave me this word, humble. Just one word, humble. I'm like, what does that have anything to do with conference and what is that all about? And and I'd been thinking about it. But you know, when God speaks, usually it's something that doesn't quite make sense in our mind. But it's something that you can't get rid of. And I couldn't get rid of this thought. And so Pastor Tark asked, what, did, what was on your heart? And I thought, well, I'm going to save my word because it seemed pretty lame and, and insignificant. Um, so I thought I better say it first because I didn't want it to sound silly next to everyone else. So I shared all the, to, with all the other pastors, look, praying for confidence, I just got this one word, humble. And then we started talking about that thought, humble. What does that really mean? What does it really look like? And as we started discussing it, I'm like, actually, there's something really in this word, humble. See, because our problem is, We come to God when we've tried everything else. But if we're truly humble, we're saying, actually, no, God, you're the one. And we need you to move. We need you to work. We need you to come and bring transformation and bring change. And so being humble looks like it's on slide seven there. It means waiting patiently for God to move. But it's not trying to do it all in our own strength. And see, the truth is we're not going to bring change to the community, we, we can't do it on our own, but it's saying, God, I know you can do it and I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep believing. That's being humble. It's trusting God to bring the change and not trying to do it in our own strength. And yes, we need to do our part, but we do say, God, you are the answer and I humble myself to you. It's surrendering to God's voice when it doesn't make sense. And let me tell you what doesn't make sense. Fasting doesn't make sense. Why on earth going without food would make my prayers more powerful. doesn't make sense. Does it make sense to anyone? But you know what? It makes sense to God. And it's humbling ourselves and saying, God, I trust you. It's staying faithful to what God has asked us to do and keeping on moving forward. See, and when we humble ourselves, we're saying, God, you're the answer. You're the solution. Not what I do, but what you do. And I need you to come and I need you to move. And so the whole thought of being humble, but... Around New Zealand and beyond, the whole thought of being humble is actually, we can't do it. And if you haven't got this revelation, Church Unlimited is not going to change the nation. Now, God will change the nation, and we could be a part of it. But when the Church of New Zealand comes together, and God really starts noticing, He will bring the change. But being humble is saying, we can't do it, but God, you can do it. And and that's the truth. God can do it. And and so we started discussing this word, I'm like, I, 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 you know, I was slouching down when I mentioned the word, and, and then I started sitting up a bit taller, I'm like, oh, that makes sense, that's good, and I, you know, I was quite excited when the word that I heard actually made a bit of sense, and right now I do want to just say to all of you, you actually hear from God more than you realise. Just most of the time you brush it off as, oh, that was a silly thought, or, oh, that was just the pizza from last night, or whatever, but it you start learning and understanding that God's voice isn't in the earthquake. God's voice isn't in the booming voice or the loud lightning and thunder. No, God's voice is in the silent still. Now, if you don't know, that's actually a passage in the Bible that I'm, I'm referring to. But God is in the still, quiet voice. And the more you hear it, the more you get in tune to it. And God is speaking. You just have to listen. And so then straight after that, Um, Pastor Julian from the city campus he turned around and said as I was praying I really got this picture and if you can go to um, slide 11 he got this picture of this giant bucket you know like in the swimming pools or the playgrounds and and, and just being poured out just being dumped And, and what happens if you've never seen it these buckets just sit there like this and there's a slow trickle that's going in And slowly it gets to a point that the bucket's full and then it just completely pours itself out. And usually there's some little kids underneath it and they get totally drenched. And that was the picture of the fact that we need to see that every prayer that's going in is making a difference. Every little piece of fasting, every piece of sacrifice counts and is noticed. And it's slowly filling up. And in Revelation, where's the verse? Revelation 5 verse 8, it says, Each one had a harp and they were... Holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And see, there's golden bowls in heaven. And I don't know if they're actual physical bowls or the spiritual type bowls. But as we pray, as we cry out for our city, as we cry out for our community, God is filling these bowls. And soon we're going to see it poured out. And the truth is we need it poured out, don't we? We need it poured out upon our city. We need God to pour out His power upon our nation. We need God to come, and that deluge is going to come. And I want to prophesy, and I want to declare it. The deluge is coming, but you can't stop when the bucket's three-quarters full. You can't stop and go, well, I've been praying for our community for 20 years. Well, don't stop when it's about to come. And I don't know when it's going to come, but the prophetic word is it's coming, and the deluge is going to come, and not of water, but of the Holy Ghost. Because you know the only thing that really is truly going to change our nation is God turning up. And the only way that's going to happen is when people like you and I get desperate enough that we actually go without things and start praying. And stop going, yeah, I know prayer works, and actually saying, no, prayer does work and praying. And I'm really convicted by this myself, that we have to pray. Not just, oh, yeah, I pray, I pray, but God knows because He sees what you do how much we actually pray. And I want to I beg you really for your neighbors, for the unsaved in your community. If you're not crying out for them, who is? And we have to pray. New Zealand needs us to pray. I want to show up a, a slide that I, I saw, I'd seen before, but I just saw uh, on Friday morning. This is statistics from UN. Slide sixteen of teen suicide in New Zealand New Zealand is the worst this is out this is, this is teen suicides in our nation out of all the countries you probably can 't see them all. New Zealand is the worst by a long way. what out of a hundred thousand people we're sitting at twenty three We are the worst not not just of the wealthy or western countries. We're the worst country. And you know what else comes through? If you ignore what some other countries do because of their elderly, we are also the worst, not just of the teens, but of the next bracket as well. And why? Because we've got a nation that doesn't have hope, that doesn't know that there's something more to life. And do you know, we have the answer but we have to do something about it. We have to do something about it. we got to do something about it, church. And if we don't, we're not going to see that change at all. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to hear about young people in our community who are taking their own lives because there's no hope. I'm like, who, who's not in their lives? And where's the church? And where's the Christians around them in their lives? And I would dare to say and I don't know this but this is just my take that there will be at least one Christian around them but are they standing up? Do they have the real reality of Jesus Christ in their lives? Or are they not a real Christian? Are they just a churchian because they go to church but they don't really know God? And if until we do that we're not going to bring the change we need. And And I know that, I know that, I know that if New Zealand's going to turn around, it's going to take all of us praying and crying and fasting. Now, I want to turn to the story of Esther, if you've got your Bible. Now, I've been jumping around the place, all of this is scriptural, and if you've been around church a while, you know that prayer and fasting is all through the Bible. But there's the story of Esther, and I I love Esther, and I love the... The whole story around Esther, and if you haven't read Esther for a while, I really encourage you to jump in, get, get your Bible, get your phone, and read the whole book of Esther. It Actually, wouldn't take you long. I was flying, um, I was flying down to Christchurch, and I literally read the whole book of Esther on the plane. And I just love the story and what God does. But there's some things that I, I really want to pull out from the book of Esther, and, and this is. What what I want you to see here is this is actually knowing that prayer works. Okay, this is what happened. So long, long story short of Esther. Esther is a Jew. She's undercover. God puts her in the palace. God orchestrates everything. It's like amazing that the king even chooses her out of everyone. Got so many girls that he can choose from. He chooses her and she becomes the queen. And and they're there and, and, and... a law gets passed, and, and this is in Esther 4 verse 3. And this law gets passed, and it goes out to all of them. And you've got a picture. So right now, right it would be like right across the nation of New Zealand. For some reason, a, a silly law gets passed, and all of a sudden, from in six months' time, we're no longer allowed to go to church anymore. It just got passed, and it just got put through all the media. Straight away. And this is what's happened. You've got to see this. Esther 4 verse 3. And the decree arrived. And there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing. And many lay in sackcloth and ashes. You've got to see this. So the law went out. And right across the nation. In unison. Without somebody standing up on the pulpit in every church and saying, Church, we now need to pray and fast. Straight away. They started fasting. Why? Because they knew that when if something needs to change, we gotta fast. And it wasn't like we're missing a few verses in there where where oh, so actually somebody stood up and made a decision and sent a big text message out and social media posts and so the whole nation decided they're gonna pray and fast. No. They just did it. Because they knew that the answer wasn't through doing a protest or doing a march or doing anything like that, it was actually through going, God, we need you to move and we need you to bring change. And I think we missed that in the story of Esther, that actually it wasn't just a few people fasting and praying. This was the nation going, the answer is this, because it counts, church. Every piece, every person praying and fasting makes a difference. And so you see that in Esther there. Straight away, they start praying and fasting. And then you go on a little bit further in the same chapter, Esther 4 verse 16. And so this is, just, this is just before Esther's about to go in and meet with the king. And she could have lost her life. And she was so convinced of the solution, and this is the way the verse read, that she gets them all around. And now, of course, all, her, all the people around her weren't just Christians, but she convinced them, hey, I need you to fast. Do, do you see that? So they go and gather all the Jews who were present there in that place and fast for me. But when you look in the context, it's not just all the Jews around in that province that started fasting for Esther. It was all the people there. And they prayed and they fasted for three days and nights. And they, the maids, they, they're fasting and they're saying, God, we need you. We need you to work. Yes, Esther was going to do her part, but she needed God to move. And I think we missed the fact that the whole nation was saved because what was about to happen, all the Jews were going to get killed on a certain day. So if she didn't stand up, if they didn't pray and fast, God wasn't going to do something. And church, if we need New Zealand to turn around, we've got to do something. You can't just keep sitting back and going, oh, oh there'll be... Those laws won't get passed. Oh, the young people in my school, something will happen and, and, and they'll be okay. Because history tells us they won't be okay. And we need to do something, don't we? And what you've got to see, you, I, every one of us, has to do something. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, you know this. Have have you been around Church Unlimited at all? You'll know this verse. If. I don't need to read the rest of the verse, but that is the issue. Look to the person beside you or behind you and just tell them if. No, no, come on. Tell them if. 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 Because that's the question today, church. If. If, my people. And who is my people? Some of you aren't convinced about it. It's all of us, right? Okay, and this is where we're finishing. If my people, if we humble ourselves, if we come to that place where we say, God, we can't do it, but you can do it. And we know that we know that we know That prayer is the answer. If we humble ourselves, that word humble there also talks about fasting and pray and seek his face. Church, it all counts. You've got to see this. It counts. It makes a difference. Now, I know the band's going to come up in a second, but you've got to see what is God saying right now. Now, what I'm hopefully done this morning is said all of us, can do something. All of us can fast in some way. Guys, you can start, band, you can start coming out. We can all do something. And even if you can't fast anything, you can still pray. But prayer and fasting works. And we need to have the mentality. And maybe I've been going to church unlimited too long and i am just been completely brainwashed. But the people in Around Esther, the Jews, they weren't part of Church Unlimited. They'd just seen time after time after time that when God's people fast and pray, God moves. And if we need God to move, which we do, those suicide stats talk about it. If we need God to bring healing in our lives, we need to fast and pray. If we've got loved ones who need saving, we need to fast and pray. If you need a breakthrough in your life, you, don't, you can't go, oh, well, somebody's going to pray for me. No, get on your knees. Get on your knees for yourself. Don't go on the faith of somebody else. Get on your knees yourself. Church, God wants to move in our communities. God wants to move in your families and your lives. But sometimes we just don't ask. See, that's the issue, is if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. Norfolk needs healing. New Zealand needs healing. Our country needs healing. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's so much easier to do it together. But what you can't miss with this is it's not just about seeing revival break out, it's about seeing God move and we're going to finish this message and I want to come right back to yourselves because I know in this room right now there's people that need breakthrough and as Ben and I were driving here we were praying and I just so sense God wants to move in your lives and see God wants to bring breakthrough now, Um, what are we going to sing? Yeah because here's the thing, God wants to make a way. And for most of us, it's only Him. It's only God that can make that way. So I want us to stand to our feet, and we're just going to sing that song. And I, I'm saying, God, you got to do it. you got to do it. And in this moment, whatever you need, God's going to do it.